You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. By way of Orlando, Florida, I'm back home in Austin after a long corporate retreat with a bunch of uh, Dawson's people, a bunch of realtors. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, just, you know, how they have to market themselves day in, day out. It's exhausting, but they're, they're all pretty, uh, most are pretty nice. Okay. But you don't know what, you don't know why. Is it for their financial benefit or do they just like you? Hmm. Someone that hmm. wants your money. Usually pretty nice to you. Yeah, you know, uh, it does look exhausting being in real estate. I mean, around here, I see people being like, hey, uh, this is this is a cool conference on 1031 exchanges. And we're like, that can't be that cool. That can't no. be that cool. How much did you learn about the 1031 exchange uh, over the course? Wait, hold on. Let me, let me, you, let me get this straight. You left when of last week? Uh, Thursday at like 8 in the morning. And you just got back today. Today we're recording on Wednesday for those who cannot time travel with us. Yeah, last night at 10 p.m. Last night at 10 p.m. Tuesday night. Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Yeah. I mean, that's as long as the NBA players from the bubble down there in Orlando. That's true. That's true. As long as that uh, that that farce of a championship was to win for LeBron. So you just you just had a Mickey Mouse um, realtor conference. Yeah, went to Epcot twice. Yeah, what? saw the saw the world. Saw the world. Remind remind the listeners and myself what Epcot is. Epcot is, um, let's see, amongst the countries, there's there's England, there's Germany, mm-hmm. Japan, France. So you can walk around every like a hundred yards. You're in a different you're a different section of the world. So it's it's an efficient way to travel. Yeah, um, I would say so. as, it's about as expensive. Yeah. We got we got uh, complimentary complimentary gift cards to to get some, some food and booze, but, um, and the fireworks show is it's the 50th anniversary of the park system in general. So pretty epic show with a nostalgic mix of jungle book, lion King, all the hits, your favorite, um, frozen frozen two. Yes. It was, it was a blast. It was a blast. Those nights were fun. Did you get to go down Diagon alley? What's that? Nothing. Um, what, uh, the jungle book, another, one of my favorite jungle book and Aladdin. Do they, do they have, do you have any experience with that? Besides the, um, them being a part of the magical end of night fireworks show. Yes. No, I mean, we didn't go to the magic kingdom. We didn't see, I didn't get like, um, Jebu's autograph or, um, I didn't Bagheera. get Mo- Mowgli. Mowgli. Egon, what was no not Egon? Egon was Ghostbusters. What's the name of the parrot? Oh, in Aladdin, that sassy parrot. Yeah, Jafar. Jafar. Jafar's parrot. Jafar is yeah. the the bad guy, the villain. I don't know who the parrot is. He's what? What is it? Gilbert? Uh, Gary Gilbert that does his voice. The Gilbert mo- Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey. I yeah, knew it was a double enough. G. Yeah. yeah, Gary Gilbert. Gary Gilbert. I Gilford? have no idea who that who that character that character is. No, all right. So you didn't get any of that. No. All right. Well, welcome back to the states or stateside. You went to Florida. That's a whole different country. Thanks. And, and speaking of Aladdin, we'll be talking about Phil Mickelson later on the show. 
Yes, I'm not sure what he has to do with Aladdin besides uh, he might be poor. There's, he doesn't like he doesn't like the Jafars of the world. Uh, n- now he doesn't. Correct. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Um, pretty big dead spot in sports. It was the All Star break for the NBA. The NHL had the All Star break, but you know how much we talk about the NHL. We are in a post football world. How does that make you feel, Graham? I don't know. Uh, I was looking. I'm looking forward to um, when. When did the Winter Olympics start? Yep. So they, uh, they, I have that on my list here. They're over. Oh, and they were a bust. Worst viewership for Olympics in recent history. Did it? Yeah. I mean, was this the first year? Do they? I don't know how the schedule works. Like, and obviously the NFL is pushed back a week. The Super Bowl might have taken away some of their thunder because they overlapped a bit, right? Yeah, they did. I mean, um, think about if they had the. AFC NFC championship game and then yeah. Super Bowl in a three week span and the Olympics are only what a month long. Right. I was yeah. not they, tuned in. They were did they start the same night as the AFC NFC championship? Is that when the opening ceremony was? I, I can't remember. Dude, you're asking the wrong guy. Matt's I tuned in wrong, for very little. That's the wrong sports media person. Um mm-hmm. that's okay. I, I all I know is Sean Weiss retired and figure skating is as controversial as ever. Oh, Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. There was a sure. Russian girl who got steroids. Um, I, uh, steroids is a blanket term I'm using for his her grandpappy's medicine that let her absorb more oxygen or something. But because she was a minor, they couldn't test her or something like that? Or I don't know. It just It has abuse screamed all over it from the Russian side, who are not even allowed to go and fly the Russian flag for the Olympics. They're called the ROC, Russian Olympic Committee? Committee? Col- committee, yeah. Collection of Conspiracy? Athletes? Conspiracy. Russian Olympic conspiracies. And Tommy? They're like, oh, and then China was like, oh, Russia? Okay, whatever. Putin just made a call and was like, hey, I'm a little busy right now on the oh. on the Western front. I need, I need everybody in the east uh obey my obey my authority and they were like yeah she can compete i'm busy invading a, another olympic country right now so i can't really deal with my women's figure skating doping scandal, scandal. yeah 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 um, wait what's the what's the pappy's the, the, she gets extra what extra oxygen in her blood what happened with grandpappy's medicine over there it's something where she, her her heart became more efficient by pumping blood faster or was able to absorb more oxygen and thus didn't tire as easily. Her heart grew two sizes, like the Grinch. Uh, I think so. I think that's probably more a little more accurate way to say it. Awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, um, I guess Russians don't. You can't get in trouble as a minor. That doesn't make any sense. You get in trouble as a minor over here in America. Well, I'm. I think it's like you can't. I I don't know. There was. You're also asking the wrong guy. Basically, Russia cheated and won, and we hate it. Cool. So, who'd be the right guy to talk to you about this? Uh, I don't know. Somebody from NBC. Um, Bob Costas? Bob Costas. Pink eye guy? In local winter sports, let's talk about the Kings and Queens for just a second. Did you watch any of this? No, I I did not. I was um, on looking at uh, digital. digital, Digitally, I watched digital boots about um, real estate. Okay. So um, real estate, you're really a big boy now. Bartending to real estate? Eh, It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. So um the King and Queens of Corbett's went down. 
let's say it's a pretty low tide here in Jackson and everything was freeze thaw cycle so it's kind of hard pack some snow fell but it was still very very hard for those athletes and they did the best they could the king this year Hans Mendrick snowboarder got first place the queen Piper oh K-U-N-S-T Kunst it was skier. She is oh, the queen. Yeah, well done. Well done. And then the People's Choice Award, Corey Jackson, who is a Jackson Hole local skier, he got the People's Choice Award. So people walked away with dough. They got $10,000 a piece. It's not bad. That's what all three of them did? Uh, I don't know about Corey, but the, the winners, Piper the winners and Hans, the got ten. Okay, and I'll people's t- choice award. He gets one of those like Nickelodeon blimps. That- yes, yeah. a kaleidoscope. It's a kaleidoscope yes, from from Nickelodeon. <laughs> they were not sending it as huge. I will admit that, and people were having to get creative in the going into the Kular, but they pulled it all out. It looked good. Red Bull was there. There were drones. The footage was pretty cool. Attracted a lot of people, and let's just say. We have a couple of queens in our circle, in our Teton Sports Talk circle. Kate Zeliff, yep, former two-time queen. Uh, I'm going to reach out to her whenever she gets it from uh, back from Alaska, see if we can get her on air. So she didn't compete? No, she wasn't even there. I, I think she's on location in Alaska filming right now. So she's kind of like, uh, you've heard the Sean McVay rumors. He's retiring after his Super Bowl win. She's kind of on that kind of path, like she's going to TV. Yeah, well, she's going to full feature films. Feature films, gotcha. Instead of TV, yeah, same same jump. She's like, sweet. I'm out of the competition world. I'm into feature films. A lot like Tom Brady. He's like, I won a couple Super Bowls. I'm I'm now I'm a producer, and I'm going to star in a what is what is the premise? Okay, so those who don't know, maybe you can you can explain it, trainer. Yeah, what did I have this under? I had this under something. Um, It's okay because I did two of. To a few of these, so Tom Brady starred. Oh, here it is. It's it's a it's Tom it's man versus drama Brady versus Hollywood because he's he's trying to he's trying to compete against all of Hollywood here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about four old boomer ladies, so it's kind of like that Going in Style movie. Remember that one? No. Like Morgan Freeman and um. Oh, I thought that Gordon was a Gecko, bucket, I thought that was a Michael bucket du- list. Michael Douglas. Yeah, it's like it's like that times four. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, that times two. So two times two is four. Yeah. Um, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, Jane Fonda, and somebody named Rita Moreno. They Sally travel. Field? Yeah, yeah. They travel to the 2017, it's a road trip movie about, it's like Bridesmaids meets um, Golden Girls, I think. Mm-hmm. They travel to the 2017 um, Super Bowl to watch the watch the Pats play, watch Tom Brady play. You're going to have to remind me where the 2017 Super Bowl was. Oh, was that the Atlanta one? I don't think they'd want to... I don't think that was the Eagles one because I doubt Tom Brady wants to make a script about the Eagles loss. So I'm guessing it's the Falcons one when they came back from 28 to three, because that was a good story for the Pats. Not so much Eagles. They were, um, where were, oh yeah. I'm trying to look now where they were. Yeah. It had to have been, it had to have been that, that game. I think it was Houston. I'm pretty sure it was a Houston. Well, they, they did play the Falcons so, oh, that was that should have been the the Houston Super Bowl. Yeah. Um NRG Stadium. Yeah. I still don't know where that is. What where is that? 
in in the city of Houston. Oh, in Houston, the there it is. Look, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm here. I'm with it. I can't imagine Tom Brady's first stab at being a producer for Hollywood films such as this it being any good. I'm gonna guess that home team starring, uh, oh my god, Kevin Hart, not Kevin Speaking Hart. Of, what got worse reviews, Winter Olympics or home team? Winter Olympics, <laughs> duh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's probably going to get better reviews than this one. Do we even know the name of this? Um, no, that's a good question. It's just they, out there. Working title. Post production. I'm going hmm, to go with Blue Hair. Blue Hair Road Trip. All right, Blue Hair Road Trip coming out. Road in- Trip Two. Road Trip Two. The ladies. Ladies at lunch. I don't know. This is basically hog wild, but for but for girls. They need to get but Stifler from women. Road Trip One. Stifler from Road Trip One. Um, they need to have him be the the bus driver, the shuttle driver. That would that would make the whole movie. I'd watch I'm it. Hoping, I'm hoping there's some shenanigans at the beginning, like they have to bust out of the retirement home they're in, mm-hmm. and things get a little wild. PG-13, maybe R. <laughs> if it's R, I'm watching. Um. <laughs> Any any other loose ends we had on that? I don't think so. We talked about Ben Simmons and uh, James Harden and how the Nets are going to actually make Ben Simmons better just by making him the fifth option. Um, yeah. We, we, yeah, we touched on that. But let's huddle up. Huddle. Huddle up. So the huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, and your quote slash question of the week. I have a couple for the quote slash question. Um, but I'll kick it to you. What is your good news of the week, trainer? Yeah, I did two. So this is our first time and man, since the beginning of the 2022, do we have a two man show? So I, I decided to add a little substance here. Okay. I've got Brian, Brian Flores was added to the Pittsburgh defensive staff as a senior defensive assistant and linebacker coach. So Mike Tomlin giving, uh, Flores a little love amidst him kind of putting his career, um, in the line of fire to go after a more larger, a, a larger uh, issue in the NFL, which I thought was cool. That he's is cool. The, he's not getting blackballed next year officially, which is was good. And I think it'll <clears throat> help him be able to like work his way back to DC, and then maybe hopefully eventually he gets another head coaching job down the you know down the line. But as he should, as he should. And my second one was the uh, women's. Uh, soccer team, USWNT, United States Women's, women's National na- Team. National Team, yeah. Equal pay settlement because they are better than the U.S. men's team. And I, I'm sure they, even like with money, television money, I bet they do just as well. And they always obviously go way further and actually win the tournament sometimes. Okay, I have watched 10 times more women's soccer in my yes. life, United States women's soccer, than I have men's soccer same same and um yeah it's it's definitely uh it's good to see it's good to see that finally happen 24 million dollar 24 million dollar settlement and matching men's um financially going forward they're finally good yeah they deserve it the um my good news of the week speaking of brian's i have a couple of good newses but i want to go ahead and when you said the you when you said brian i was like oh yeah you know who's returning as Auburn's head coach next year? Brian Harson is back. Still don't know guy. Still do not know this guy's name. Now, now I'll remember it. 
You you were around for all the controversy and how funny yes. it was. Yes, it was beautiful. After all of that, they're like, "Hey, we still we still can't buy you out for your twenty million dollar buyout. So <laughs> why don't you go ahead and come back? Because we haven't found a good reason to fire you yet without you suing us." Ooh, I mean that's gonna that's a buyout that they cannot commit to executing upon. That's gonna put them. I mean, I can't imagine it's gonna be like. They're not going to take him seriously, the locker room, kind of like Urban Meyer situation. Oh, yeah. They lost five coaches and 20 players, and and oh, my gosh. It's so it's so great to watch. And Gene Chizik's still getting paid. So, like, ooh. So, there you go. Like, Where's he Where's he now? Gene Chizik is at UTEP. I have no idea where Gene Chizik is. <laughs> you say UTEP? Yeah. East nice. Texas high school football, for all I know. <laughs> uh, my good news of the week, and this is a homer. Um, it's going to involve a little uh, bit of story, a little blast from the past. Massey's uh, uh, athletic past. Are you ready for this? It's about you personally? Well, it ha- it's linked to me a little bit. Linked to you. Let's see if I can get uh, Julio Jones had a baby. I don't know. Uh, no, Julio Jones embarrassed me one day. The whole, if you're a loyal listener, before Julio Jones was Julio Jones, he was a sophomore in high school at Foley High School on the – East side of the Mobile Bay. I went to go box him out on a free throw. He jumped up in the air and didn't even touch the rim. Just grabbed the ball and threw it through, <coughs> threw it through the hoop. And my face connected with his his groin, and I was embarrassed. Mm. Mm. And on National Signing Day when he signed, I was like, wait a minute. I know that guy. I know that guy pretty personally. You think Tommy, Tommy Z could dig up a VHS of that? Uh, we lost that game, so it probably didn't make the the cut for the for the high school highlights. Speaking of my high school, my alma mater, UMS Wright Bulldogs, are in the five A Final Four for the first time since nineteen ninety eight. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, they um they haven't been there since ninety eight, and I re- I went to the state championship in ninety eight. How old was I? Eleven, and. I remember the starting five, or or I can name four players off that team. I can name five players off the team. Sam Agnes, Norman Waldrop, Jed Blackerby, and Robert Mitchell were in the starting five. But one of those players, a guy by the name of Michael Knapp, who coached me, is coaching UMS right now. Oh. So he so his first team it was very funny. So let me let me backtrack here. Michael Knapp coached me in eighth grade and ninth grade. And back then there was some, some uh, a step above middle school basketball and a step below JV and varsity. There was just a ninth grade team. G League? Yeah, exactly. You know how I like a good farm league. Yeah. Um, so I went back, like some people do, I went back and to talk to Coach Snap and was like, hey, man, like congrats, you're coaching, coaching your alma mater, UMS Wright. This was years ago. And I came in with my beard and uh, – with my twin brother Troy, and he looked at me like he had never seen me in his life. <laughs> and then it clicked. You know, I came up to him, walked him into a hallway. I was like, "Hey, Coach Knapp, it's uh, Massey and Troy." And he showed me into his office and was like, "You were the first team I ever coached." And in his office, on his wall, was like these scrawny ninth graders. And he was like, "That was the start of my coaching career." And I just wanted to give him a big congratulations for making the trip back to Birmingham since his playing days in 1998 that's rad so he um he that first team he coached had you and troy both on it yeah oh i think there was seven of us 
And what's his name? Snap or Nap? Michael Nap. K N A P P. Gotcha. Yeah, great, great. One of one of the great coaches I had. He was a players coach. Loved loved being with the players. Loved good locker room guy. Um, I'm trying to think. As of were a, you? Um, I'm trying to think of a. Oh, he one time threw a chair in the locker room because we were Ooh. playing so poorly. We came out and shut him out the other ha- the the team out and won. So we he threw the chair. They didn't score a point in the second half because we were all like, we can't have coach throw a chair again. That was scary as hell. So he was a he was a big Bobby Knight guy. A little bit. He had a little edge to him, which I liked. Some drama. Yeah. Some, uh, not drama. Some theatric. Yeah. It was. I mean, great, great guy. We I, just to toot our own horn a little bit. My senior year, we made it to the Elite Eight, not to the Final Four. Couldn't make that last step. Like the 2016 UVA basketball team. Yeah, a lot like that. Couldn't Couldn't close the deal. All right, what? Moving on. Then a week later, a week later, we started the show. We're we're approaching six years. That's right. We are. We are doing that. Oh, they play Lee from Huntsville, March the second in Birmingham. I'm gonna try to stream it while I'm at work or something. I like it. Yeah. Hopefully, some people will join you. Yeah. Everybody stop work. We're watching my my high school play five A public school Alabama ball here. You're kidding, right? (laughs) They're like. So I'm just going to keep working. I'd rather work. <laughs> um, what is your critical number of the week, trainer? Uh, I got two, and they're both 16. 16. 16. 16. I was joking earlier. I, I knew about the Winter Olympics. But there were 16 golds for Norway. Uh, they had the best medal count, so they were number one. Most all-time at a single Winter Olympics. 16 gold medals. Norway, the tiny country of Norway. Norway. 5.4 million. I think I was scanning the article earlier. I saw 5.4 million people. America's got 330 million people, and we can't beat a country a sixth of the size of America? 60th of a size of America? I blame El Nino. Not enough snow. <laughs> There's not, not, enough snow. snow. Not, not enough snow. Everybody's out of shape skiing-wise. I will say this. Yeah, so basically if you're in the Winter Olympics, you're from what? Northern California, Oregon, Washington, Minnesota, and then New England. Yeah, yep. Uh, regions. Everybody in North and South Dakota are too busy driving sleds. They're in the X Games, but they're not in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah the X Games. What is the other sixteen? Sixteen. Uh, the the um, committee released their first sixteen. Uh, sixteen. So sorry, they released their first sixteen teams. I guess one through four seeds for each region so mm-hmm. far. The West Zags one Duke two Illini. Okay, three. let me let me let me back let yeah. me back up. So the listeners here, you're talking about 16 teams. They the selection committee for the NCAA March Madness has doing sl- similar to what college football does, where they re- they keep releasing like these are the teams like you know when they get within like a five week window of the tournament, six week window. Okay, it's all obviously subject to change, but let's go Jeez. ahead and and then talk to me about those 16 teams. Yeah, West, uh, Zags 1, Duke 2, Illini 3, Texas 4. Texas uh, the is Mid- a four seed. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, Chris Beard has taken over after leaving Texas Tech um, and doing Texas a good job. Texas Tech is still really good. Moody Center coming out. Moody Center looks pretty cool uh, on campus. Walked by it after the Oklahoma State game. Going to try to try to go see Dave Matthews play there in May. Nice, nice. Brag, we're on KHOL. Um, Midwest. Um, Can we stop and talk about the Zags? Yeah, Zags. Go for it. 
Are you a believer in the Zags? I just can't get over how relevant they are. But when it comes to tournament time, like irrelevant they are. This is a tale as old as time. I know the Georgia Bulldogs just won their first national championship, so everything is possible. But the Zags just don't feel like they play enough teams in conference to really prepare themselves for the tournament. Yeah, they don't play like yeah quality quality of uh, opponent. I mean, St. Mary's is up there. They'll probably make the tournament, but still, it, it just seems like it's going to be another one of those things where the Zags are like, we have been reading our own press clippings and we're the best in the world, and it's going to be a letdown. I'm going to go ahead and tell gamblers out there, fade the Zags. It is very Georgia-esque. You're right. Um, I mean, they've they've slowly over, let's see, how they've been relevant since like 99, I guess is when the Zags started to make it on the scene. I remember because UVA played them in the first or second round of, of March Madness, and I was like, who the hell are the Gonzaga Bulldogs? Um, and that was like, yeah, 98, 99. Don't know exactly. But, yeah, Georgia Bulldogs slowly inched their way to finally winning one. The Zags obviously made it to the title game last year, but Baylor beat them by 60. Yeah. So, you know, it can happen. I mean, they <laughs> Baylor – I. Oh, the the images of homeboy wiping his mustache as a dunk celebration when he was down 20. I forgot his name. I was like, not now, man. Yeah. Not when you're down 20. And you, I get it. You dunked in the championship game, but not now. Yeah. I can't remember his name either. And there's a set. Uh, they have a seven foot freshman that's super skinny that looks like uh, he's going to be something in two or three years. But that's about the difference between the team of last year and this year. He needs to gain gain some weight, though. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go to the other uh, four. Midwest region. I'm calling this the 2019 Virginia victim region. Uh, number one, Auburn. Number two, Purdue. Number three, Texas Tech. And oh, then- <laughs> and then number four, UCLA. Burn. Burn. Um, UCLA currently currently ranked number twelfth. Not surprised that they're they're as high as number four seed as well as they've been playing. They're currently twenty and five, thirteen and one in conference. UCLA is good. They have everything that they had last year. Yeah, final four team. Final four team. They have experience. Texas Tech is playing absolutely lights out. They're they're a good team. Their record does not Show, like they've they're 22 and 6 but i feel like they're i feel like they're better than that they've lost some some close closer games auburn is a force i will admit that they're very very good they've only lost 3 games they lost to to florida the other night which seemed kind of fluky kind of a letdown spot i have them favored to go to the final four in my opinion and then purdue they were they're right there at number four. That seems like a stacked region. Auburn currently ranked three, Purdue yeah, number four, Texas Tech nine, UCLA number 12. That is a tough road. Purdue, good. Good shooters on that team. Yeah, I, for, I already forgot the other one you said. UCLA. Auburn. You said yeah, UCLA, yeah. All right, keep okay. going. Keep going. This is fun. This is going to be exciting for March. Like You get done yeah, with football, figured, it's time yeah. to talk college basketball. What else you got? I figured two-man show – Break, let's break something down that's fun. Uh, South region, Arizona won Baylor two, uh, national, reigning national champion, allegedly. Uh, three, Tennessee. Four, Providence. Tennessee? Tennessee. Okay, read that one more time, team by team. You said Ar- – Arizona won. Okay, they're currently ranked number two at 24-2 and two yeah. and undefeated in the Pac-12. Two, Baylor. Baylor. They're not even on my list here. Baylor, currently number 10, 23 and 5, 13 and 2 in the Big 12, which is saying a lot. They're a power conference this year. Baylor, they lost to Alabama and they lost to, I have no idea, 
They had a snoozer against Alabama, had to go all the way to Tuscaloosa, lost that game. Alabama's unranked. I'll just put an asterisk next to that outlier. <laughs> Tennessee, the other UT? No, Tennessee is bad. I feel like they can't shoot. They go on scoring droughts. I don't believe in what Tennessee is doing. They're currently ranked number 17. They are undefeated in SEC play? What? Is this a that's, joke? SEC is like the best conference this year. Oh, this is their home and their way streaks. I'm not even looking at the correct freaking stat. That's okay. We need an intern. Um, Yeah, so they're, this is a terrible – Terrible way to look at this. So they, so all the stats I said, uh, besides the overall, is incorrect. But twenty and seven, Tennessee. I'm not not a firm believer in in them. No, not, neither am I. And Rick Barnes never gets it done in the tournament anyway. Yes. Uh, Providence four. They they just came off tonight a triple overtime win at home against Xavier. Really, Xavier? Are they any good this year? I think that, I feel like they are just because of the name. Yeah, they're they're okay. Seventeen and nine, Big East team. You know. Big East is, it's obviously isn't 1986 anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> Big East is still around. They're, they're still a thing. And the Big East, yeah, they, I mean, they have, they have good teams and their, their conference is good. Villanova, where are they even, they're not even ranked, uh, but they seem like they're always a good team. All right, Xavier, I, I'll put you in there. Yeah, uh, Eastern Region, uh, Kentucky, sorry, Kentucky, Kansas won. Yes, they're KU. good. UK, Kentucky, too. I think they just won. We're at the, we're at the win. Nova, here's, here's your Nova. They're three. Yeah, they're region. number eight. I'm sorry. They're 21 and six. Uh, so Nova there at three in the east and Wisconsin, four. Wisconsin. We'll talk about Juwan Howard in a bit. But oh, yeah, that's right. Wisconsin sitting there at number 13, 21 and five. They are leading the Big Ten, which behind the SEC and the Big 12, that's uh, that's probably the third best conference. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and then probably, what, Pac-12 after that maybe? Yeah, Pac-12. I think ACC might be the fifth out of all the, the Power Five conferences. Um, agreed. I I like what I'm seeing from Wisconsin. They were not – they came kind of came out of nowhere, and they're kind of – the Big Ten's darling right now. Purdue is probably a close second behind them when it comes to in the Big Ten standings. If I had to, if I had to guess, sitting there at number four, um, there's nothing I disagree about that. Besides, besides mm, Tennessee, that's the, out of those 16 teams. Tennessee, although they are ranked 17th, that that doesn't sit well with me. They have the most loss. I mean, the Illini they haven't broken the 20 game win ceiling so to speak but i just have visions of illinois being good the last two or three years so i can't disagree with that either yeah for sure i feel like the only team yeah i'd say maybe i, I mean houston's obviously in the aac houston coming off a of final four um lost to baylor i feel like they're the only team i would maybe insert into one of these four seeds but you know other than that totally fine with it oh man that was that was fun that got me fired up yeah, even though we're, uh, you know, we obviously watched uh, Duke win tonight. It's still it's a way to rebound and say, hey, there's there's still entertainment out there, even if Virginia cannot participate. Um, let's talk about that a second. That was my critical number, which was uh, hmm. five. Five, 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 five. I don't know. Virginia covered. They covered. They were. Oh. They covered. <laughs> 
<laughs> they were given five points. They lost by four to Duke at home. I wanted Coach K to leave JPJ on a losing note. Virginia did get it done against Duke on the road at Cameron. We talked at length about that. There was a couple of key breakdowns. One, playing Cody Statman. He is an absolute liability on defense. If anything, Ficaro should get those minutes. I don't care if he missed two layups. Virginia is 11-7 and seven in the ACC, 17-11 and 11 overall. We're looking at a deep run in the ACC tournament, if not an ACC championship for our beloved Hoos to get into the tournament this year. Yeah, we're going to need to beat Florida State, uh, win at Louisville, close out the season. I'd say probably at least get the two wins in the, in the conference tournament, make us 21 and 11. We were debating earlier whether or not, yeah, that would make them 13 and seven in conference, not knowing. I, I got on the Google machine, <clears throat> still don't know if anybody out there does know if conference tournament wins, uh, wins and losses go against your and for your uh, conference record overall. I don't know. All, all I know is that when you look at the brackets, when the, you get that printout from work, and you see yep. in a, a 10 or 11 next to the name where it's like Virginia, let's hypothetically say it's like 22 and 11. You're like, nah, nah. Yeah. Yeah. But what I will argue is that I, I, I'm struggling with these words coming out of my mouth. I agree with Jay Billis. Ooh. Uh, that, oh, that. Oh. What did Jay say? Oh, I, I immediately got heartburn after I said that. Yeah, former Dukey. Um, Jay Billis said the team that he was watching tonight play Duke is a tournament team. The thing that is separating Virginia from the tournament, from being a tournament team, is the loss to Navy at home, is the loss to JMU on the road, is some of those – just absolute head scratchers of losses in the early season when Tony Bennett was trying to get his rotation down and it cost us too much. Yeah. They, what did they, did they start like seven and five? Eight it was and five. Yeah. It was, it was Something not, like yeah. not pretty there for a while. And that's just not going to do it. Those early season losses matter. The, the committee will look at them, circle them and say, JMU and Navy without two of their best players. That's that's going to sink Virginia's hopes unless they can. I, I think they really do have to win the ACC tournament and get a uh, automatic bid. Yeah, that or the other thing matters is I'd say like you know if a Gonzaga or some of these like a Houston if they win their conference tournament that'll help Virginia where there won't be a random team that you know gets a conference win and gets an automatic bid. If EVA is there, they win two in the conference tournament. And there's like the the favorites in their and their the favorites in the non power fives win their conference tournaments and those like other five four or five teams that have like a big conference run won't yes. be a team that UVA has to compete with. So if you're saying the favorites in all the conference tournaments win their conference tournaments, yeah. they don't ha- they get the, the although they would have gotten an at large bid, right? They take the spot of that automatic bid, and UVA could possibly sneak in there. Because not an obscure team takes takes an autom- uh, an automatic bid away from an uh, an at large team. Yeah, the bubble team competition gets a lot thinner. We're not even on the graphic in the bubble. That's how bad it is. We're not even when the graphic first four in, last four out. We're not even a part of that conversation. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that that, 
that uh, graphic come up yet, so I didn't know we weren't even. What? How does? How deep does that go? Well, it goes. I mean, it goes to eight teams. So four in, four out. That yeah. That graphic. Okay. There okay. are sixty-eight teams. That we're not. We're at eighty-two right now, according to Kim Palm. So we're like just out of the last four in, last four out kind of thing. So we're we're deeper. We're the 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 last ten out. Well, yikes. Yeah. All right, tell me, tell me you're stuck on. Actually, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, my, I might now that football's over. When you're, when you're asking me, um, let's just say in the divisional round about the baseball season, I was like, I'm having fun. It's football season, and now, now it matters. And the, the baseball season is in jeopardy of starting on time, maybe happening at all. Uh, officially, there will be no makeups, so. Salary will not be paid for missed games. So if they don't hit this deadline of Monday, the 28th, uh, stuff's going to get real. Players going to get even more pissed, especially since they've been trying to bend over backwards uh, with the MLB and get, get something uh, agreed upon. What is their main disagreement here besides money? Money. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, there it is. Um, were pitchers and catchers supposed to report? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, well past that. Oh oh, so we're we're that's not like even a, playing that, golf in the desert now. Yeah, that's like a pre. I think it's like a pre Valentine's Day thing. Oh oh, dang! So no, they don't. The starters for all the MLB franchises don't get to go play golf in Florida for three <laughs> three weeks to a month. No, they just play at home. Wow, oh, wow, poor guys. But it is it, when it threatens. It is something to be said when it when you start do missing when you start missing paychecks as a player. That's when it really starts heating up, especially when they say we're not yeah. going to do any makeup games. We're not going to pay you for the time lost. Right. So it could be a shortened season, which would be the second one in two years. And I mean, because of 2020 pandemic thing, um, heard that about thing it. Jig. <laughs> that, that, that was a, that was a different, a different reason for a shortened season, but yeah, for one about trying to come up with the, with a resolution here, it's coming down to the wire. When is the first MLB game? It would be opening weekend. Uh, it would be like April sixth ish, April fourth. That's six weeks from now. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. so this is a little more serious than I thought. Oh yeah. Um, my stuck on. We got to talk about Juan Howard. Juan Howard. Yeah. So Juan Howard, he threw an open hand strike. Is that what I'd say? He kind of like yeah, face petted I mean, a Wisconsin assistant's face hard, hardish, like, like a red Polaroid to the face. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even a slap. It was kind of like a a a strike, open handed semi strike, like you would somebody that doesn't really want to fight, but was like is the bigger guy, and it's like you don't want to fight me, and they open hand palm your face, and you're like I don't want anything of that of Juan Howard. I will. S- I will say um, maybe the maybe this this strike would have been a little would have connected a little better if there weren't twenty dudes in between him and this assistant. Okay, so <laughs> he was he was using every bit of his reach to where if he's like if, at least if I can punch him with my extended longest middle finger, I'm still getting contact on his face. But if he had had a close proximity, maybe Juwan's a little better a little better of a technique technical fighter. Well, that's that's funny because. <laughs> well, let's let's go through it because he was like, I felt threatened, and that's why I striked out. I was like, there's four people between you and the person you hit. How how are you feeling threatened at that point? But here's the whole backstory, and this is why I got heated. So 
Wisconsin called a timeout with 15 seconds left. When they were up a dozen or 15 or 20, they were getting smoked by Wisconsin at Wisconsin. He took that personally. But let's take a layer off of the timeout at 15 seconds by Wisconsin coach Greg Gard. And Greg Gard had his backups in at this point. Michigan was pressing. And they're about to make a turnover by giving a 10-second violation in the backcourt. And so Greg Gard was like, all right, timeout, like 15 seconds left. Let's gather ourselves and get the ball over half court and let's end this game. John Howard took that personally, and he was having some words with Greg Gard. He was trying to blow past him in the in the uh, handshake line. Yeah. And he said something to him like, I'll remember this, I'll remember this, if you can uh, lip read. And – Greg kind of put his hands on him, which would make me mad. If I was mad at someone and someone started touching me, that would – I get where the anger comes from. Especially especially some some uh, peasant assistant. Yeah, well, it, so Greg Gar put his hands on him. There was some words exchange, a little bit of pushing and shoving by the players, and then Howard reached out and struck assistant – I don't know who he is – in the face with an open palm. Oh, and, sorry, Greg Gar's the head, the head coach. The head coach. Oh, gotcha, Wisconsin. Gotcha. I was wondering. I was. I thought you were. I misinterpreted that Greg Gard was making these calls for the uh, putting it or you know the making the timeout call and all that. He now was. He was, and he was the head coach, so that was appropriate. But somehow, an assistant got the fa- hand to the face. Um, then players started throwing punches, Uh-oh. which I feel like they shouldn't get punished for that at all. If your coach throws the first punch, it's like it's on. Yeah. That. The hang-up for me is that Drawn Howard has a history of this. He's a history of getting into scuffles. He needs to stop acting like a player and kind of mature into a head coaching role. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I mean, you gotta act as if you're kind of leading lead, the leader of young men. You can't. You can't be sm- smacking people in the face. Could you imagine if football coaches started? Hitting, could you imagine like Nick Saban striking Kirby Smart? And how I could see unathletic that would look. <laughs> It'd be great. I could see it. You know, I could see it. Speaking of Michigan doing this as a, as a head coach. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Har- Mr. Harbarn. I bet you Har- Harbaugh is going to bring him in and be like, Hey man, when you punch, you got to close the fist and you got to yeah. get him a little closer. You got to pull a Mike Tyson and keep him within reach. You know, you got to knock out that assistant. You got to send a real message. All right. Do you feel like uh John Howard should be fired for this? I, Popular internet opinion is that he should be fired. Should be fired. I'm going to go anti-popular internet opinion and say no. They've I'm going to say no for, too. Already suspended for the season. I don't think they're going to like – I think they would have just ripped the Band-Aid off at this point. I think that they're going to like take it into consideration in the offseason since he's out for the rest of this season and reassess it. And I feel like – They'll probably, yeah. They'll probably, I think they'll probably give him give him another shot. Yeah, I, I don't feel. I mean, maybe it's an unfireable offense. In it is, it like, is. Like I, five, I think it is. five years ago or ten years ago, this wouldn't be accepted. But we're talking about Michigan, Wisconsin, right now. They're probably trending a little bit. People are aware of college basketball. They're like, oh yeah, college basketball exists in this post football world we live in. A little buzz. What all all press is good press. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It's great to have some man versus drama to talk about. Uh Michigan 
was Michigan the top ten regular or top ten preseason poll or AP poll going into the season? They they were they had high expectations. I do know that. Yeah, I yeah. know that they have stunk this year. So yeah, that's probably added in, that probably added into the strike. Um, my other stuck on is the Pelican drama. Ooh, my quote of the week. Um, <laughs> yikes. Add in the quote wherever wherever is appropriate. But Zion sure. Williamson, since his setback in December, has been in Oregon at Nike HQ rehabbing and has not talked to a single teammate. And if you go a layer further, it appears that none of the front office has any communication with them, so they don't know his progress. His silence is at was fine for a while until his new t- teammate, C.J. McCollum, who is the president of the NBA Players Association, was interviewed this weekend at All-Star Weekend, and they say, how was the progress on Zion Williamson? He goes, I haven't heard from him. And who? that is when the internet exploded. You mean you haven't talked to C.J. McCollum yet? That's when they started going back and talking to J.J. Redick, who was former teammates with Zion, who went ahead and spoke out against Zion as a teammate and called him detached even when they were on the sharing the floor together in the practice facility. So I don't know if Zion is just like introverted or if he's been in the spotlight since he's been a sophomore in high school and it's gotten to him. Um, is he the new Jamarcus Russell of the NBA? Nope. Yep. Yep. Uh, or like he's decreasing his trade value. I don't have any idea what Zion is doing or how this is being approached, but maybe your quote can enlighten or enhance what I'm saying. It was, it, it's, I mean, yeah, it's JJ Reddick saying this shows a complete lack of investment in your team when uh, asked about him. And he, you know, talked about his time playing with Zion and the Pelicans and he saw some of these issues or uh, character flaws coming up two or three years ago, whenever that would have been. And it does. I think, I think JJ Reddick has, a the the right to say that he has experience mm-hmm. with Zion and he's a 13 15 veteran of the NBA and has been in umpteenth locker rooms and has yeah. dealt with professionals for a over a decade of experience for him to say he's a detached teammate or to accuse him of being a bad teammate i think that actually holds its weight um and you, and it's right like where the heck has he been there's been zero like the to, for it to come to light that he has been absolutely radio silent from a franchise that's paying millions of dollars at his job if i show up 15 minutes late to work my boss says hey do better next time or hey where were you you should have just texted me i'm like oh there's traffic to the village i couldn't get there in time he likes that sort of communication i'm not getting paid millions of dollars i'm an hourly grunt at a moving company. Like, come on, Zion. Like, what the hell is going on? Is that your official title? Lead grunt is what I call myself. <laughs> Lead hourly grunt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of – I didn't know he was in Oregon. That's kind of ironic because that's where C.J. McCollum got traded from, Portland. Um, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know where he was. I thought he was just down in New Orleans still eating beignets and gumbo, and he's up in Oregon actually rehabbing right now. So, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild because – you can't say this isn't 1992. You can't say I didn't have an opportunity to call CJ on his landline. I couldn't get him. Yeah. So. I kept getting his answering machine. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just confusing situation. The Pelicans have had stars 
come through their system, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis. I just wanted a couple of good years with Zion before I said, thank you for your service. Please continue on your way. Yeah. And the, yeah, the, um, you got one good Drew half Holiday. year out of him. We saw, we saw better flashes. I liked your Jamarcus Russell take. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, we saw better flashes of a NBA ready guy in Zion in that half season when he was electric versus Jamarcus just looking awful from day one. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the, do you really want it level? That's exactly where they, uh, parallel. Uh, yeah. And it's yet to be seen. I mean, I, I, I don't, I think this will be a storyline come this summer when they're trying, the Pelicans are trying to put together their roster. Oh, sadness. Too much, too much eating, not enough playing. That's right. All right. What is your quote slash question of the week? That was it. JJ Reddick. Oh, that's right. Um, so I, I'll start with my question. Is Phil Mickelson broke? <laughs> is he, is he broke? I mean, he could be hundred made 120 million in just PGA events over the course of his career. So if you, know, you Google I, I his that, net worth, he should be worth around 400 million and his annual average annual salary is 50 million. And he's trying to leverage the, uh, he made some comments about the Saudi backed quote, super golf league, the SGL. And he was trying to leverage joining the SGL because they're offering him so much amount, an X amount of dollars where he's complaining about a million dollar deal here and there when it comes to the PGA, like, Oh, well they should have paid me this million bucks for the rights of the match. I mean, during the match, when they played up in Yellowstone club, he made $15 million over a, a round of golf. I think he, and then I think he gambled that $15 million on a round of roulette. Yeah, I honestly do. I, I think he's addicted to gambling and I think he's almost like MJ style where like, you might want to take a break from golf and let all your gambling debts clear. There's rumors going around that Callaway, when they signed him as a sponsor, paid all his gambling debts off. He just wow. got dropped by whatever accounting KPMG. firm. What's it called? KPMG. KPMG. They dropped him after his Saudi comments. He also um, has gone back and retracted his statement saying that was out of context. That was supposed to be off the record. And it's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> out of context, but it was off the record. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, hold on a second, man. You're, you, you publicly said, I want to go play for the Saudi sheiks. And next thing you know, you, you forgot, a, or excuse me, you've forgotten that they chop up Wall Street Journal journalist wall street journal journalist that makes yeah sense. that was the bad the bad thing he said was the i'm willing to look past their human atrocities to leverage um fighting the pga not being as player friendly as they should be to maybe look into the saudi league uh have we forgotten that all all the terrorists on 9-11 were from saudi arabia besides like two have we forgotten that phil 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 well, Phil also had, yeah, there, there's smoke, there's fire, not only with gambling, but all the tax stuff too. So there's something going on that like over the past, and he's had that KPMG black hat on for the past 20 years. So looks like stuff's starting to crumble. Yeah. In 2014, he avoided an insider trading uh, yeah. charge because of, I think, I think the law did like the, the way his lawyer arg argued it is like the law didn't quite match up. And after Phil got out of it, they, in 2016, someone got pinged for the same thing. So they were, they went and changed the law. They were like, okay, that was blatant. We got to, we got to tweak this a little bit. Cause this guy is corrupt. Um, 
My quote of the week, I'm going to have to read it off the, off the old computer here, but I read it Ooh. in the Jackson Hole Daily, so shout out to our local newspaper. But they were reporting on um, Aaron Rodgers and his cryptic Instagram message about the Packers or whatever he does online, whatever he thinks is cool. But this was this was hilarious. Just the first part. I just came out of a 12-day cleanse. Great. <laughs> just like, just great. Like, you're doing ayahuasca in the deep jungles of Peru. Got it. It gets better. I just came out of a 12-day cleanse where you are eating a specific diet and you're going through these treatments every day and you're not really doing anything else. It's kind of recentering. So when I come out, my first thought is intense gratitude for the people in my life. Tell that to your ex-fiance you just broke up with. <laughs> Tell that to your family that you don't call. Just call your dad, Aaron Rodgers. Like, what are you talking about? He owes him like six Merry Christmas calls. Yeah, send him a postcard. Man. It's I just, just yeah, so the, good. And I, we, the, we report on Aaron Rodgers so much, but I'll allow you to take the floor here and tell me what you think of this quote. But it is so – I just have a, immense gratitude for the people I love. I tried to break up with the franchise that made me who I am as a quarterback. I broke up with my fiancé, which was my, his second one. Was Dan and Pat, Danica mm-hmm. Patrick – were they actually engaged? Yeah, they were. I don't think he got quite there with um, Munn. But I think, yeah, he definitely was engaged to Patrick. And he's cut off a lot of family members in his life. And it's like, who are the people in your life? He's like, well, I like my agent and my PR exec. Devontae Adams, the guy we did uh, uh, the last dance together where we lost to San Francisco at home in the (laughs) the divisional round. And we scored 10 points. Or (laughs) 7 points. points. How much did they – it was 13 to 10 San Francisco? Yeah, they scored 7 points together. Yeah. Good. Great, Aaron Rodgers. You really – you really convinced me of your of your authentic authenticity authenticity nailed think, it yeah narcissistic victim is what i'm uh labeling him going forward he he that is so accurate aaron rogers the narcissistic victim of society and he looks really weird in his uh acceptance of his pictures where he's accepting the nfl mvp he looks weird yeah, what is that suit? Yeah, and his whole look. It's like, what What are you going for? Who told you to wear that? Obviously, you're a single man now because no woman would let you out of the house looking like that to accept an award. Yeah, no wag's going to like approve that suit for the stage. Yeah, nobody in general, but like, oh, anyway. Whew, Aaron Rodgers. Um, whoa, with the, with the time we have uh, remaining, would you like to do Man vs. Drama or Friday Headlines? Let's do yeah. I've I've kind of the only the only other man versus drama we kind of covered them all, which is great. Um, was Le- LeBron the player versus LeBron the Lakers GM? Yes, I want I do want to talk about that. Let's talk about that quickly. LeBron the GM stinks. He's the worst GM yeah. in 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 the league. Yeah, and then LeBron the player always complains about LeBron the Lakers GM in the past, but he was the one who made the mistakes. But and then acts like well, no, the whole time it's been the Lakers. Uh, front office that's making these Russell Westbrook trades, et cetera. And he forgets that. So he's got the goldfish memory about who was the GM in the first place. It's very funny to think that he went to Cleveland for the second time and completely wrecked their franchise for years to come. And he bounced after that. He, um, he went to Miami where I don't think Pat Riley is going to let LeBron James make the personnel decisions. You know, he's like, nah, no. you're, you don't have that much control. I'm Pat freaking Riley. 
Um, So he goes back to Cleveland, wrecks them for years, and is now in the Lakers, and he traded so much for Russell Westbrook, who can't even get the proper amount of minutes on the floor because he looks like he's just got the yips. He can't even hit the rim when he's shooting, and he's insisting that he be there. And when they're like, hey, we want to trade him, he's like, no, you can't trade him. You should trade all these future assets in the front of the front office of the Lakers are finally like, okay, LeBron, that's, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the thing with Westbrook is crazy is I think like, you know, he won an MVP. He was great with the thunder. They went to the finals against LeBron in the heat back in uh, 2012. Um, Westbrook, you know, really great career in Oklahoma city. And then he went to Houston where the light was shining on him a little bigger because a little brighter because he was playing with Harden and there was the whole like Houston can't beat Golden State. So then he wilted under that pressure. He went to the Wizards where there's no pressure. Completely had a really good that. season. I mean, he is kind of a reckless player at the end of games, but he had a really good season statistically. And then he goes to the Lakers and he's back in the light and he's like, ah, ah. Yeah, it's it's the it's funny. What West Westbrook seems to be a he, he's an alpha NBA player that needs to accept his beta role as his career kind of hits the twilight or he needs to develop a three-point shot one of the two yeah and that shit might have sailed and it, it is a good story the Cavs are have uh they they drafted mobley which is looking like the best player from the draft so far and the Cavs have kind of rebounded and they're a, i know that last time i looked they were a top four maybe a top six seed in the east and in an eastern uh conference now that's equal to if not better than the west so pretty cool that they've rebounded since lebron did tear them apart before departing um, another man versus drama. Did you see Kevin Garnett just completely ignoring Ray Allen during the All-Star weekend? Mm-mm. So LeBron James was standing next to KG and Ray Allen came up and LeBron James was like, oh, my man, and kind of like dapped him up a little bit because they played for the Heat together. And Ray Allen had one of the best, most iconic three-point shots off a Chris yeah. Bosh rebound in the corner on game six to force a game seven for the Heat. Yeah, against um, the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, in the Eastern Conference. What was that the Was that the championship? Was that the finals? Was that the finals? It was the final. Yeah, it was. You said it right. It was the game six to force a game seven, and they beat the Spurs for their second of two titles. Okay, I thought they were. I thought that might have been the Eastern Conference Finals. Um. Anyway, I mean, one of the more iconic shots, and KG just kind of like, you can see him like clench his jaw and just ignore Ray Allen as they walked by. KG, very petty. Let it go, bro. <laughs> you won some championships with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. You should probably just probably just give the man a hug yeah i'm guessing i mean i know i'm guessing like you said garnett petty holding on to old stuff garnett and pierce famously got traded to the nets they were terrible it was still the new jersey nets i think back then or maybe they just become brooklyn ray allen got another swing at it he went to a fierce rival in the miami heat and won a championship with lebron so that's where this garnett hate is coming from but it was a long time ago but you know when you know once they're on once they're on some sort of uh, doc, 30 for 30 or documentary they'll be in you know rocking chairs and they'll be friends again maybe in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> all right that is all the time we have oh i'll do a friday headline real quick just real quick we have 10 yeah. seconds tom brady the 49ers oh i like it uh the, in california he, closer to sally field yeah and, uh, yeah got divorced from his wife the pats fooled around with a, the hot girl at the bar that's the buccaneers <laughs> now he's calling up his high school fling and uh, he's going to try to make it happen with the 49ers. Sports fans, that's all the time we have for you. That is it, and that is all.